What do I want? Do you want to have a meaningful relationship with someone? Yes. All right, let's take these steps and start uh, getting rid of all this shit that doesn't matter in between. Welcome to the podcast by Mikhail Alphon. Before we get started on today's episode, I just wanted to point out one of my sponsors, Mike Me Audio, who actually created that incredible intro that you just heard. Now, Mike Me is actually responsible for creating Gary Vaynerchuk's intro, as well as uh, Brittany Crystal's on her Beyond Influential podcast. And what I love about it is it simply gives your podcast that high-end, high-production feel that really grabs your listeners' attention. Now, the good news is if you want an intro for yourself, you can actually go to micme.com, that's M-I-C-M-E.com, and use the promo code MIC at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off your first intro. And they make the process really easy. All you got to do is set in your script, uh, choose your music, choose your uh, voiceover actor, and they'll create it for you within 72 hours. Again, check out micme.com and use promo code MIC, M-I-Q-K, and you know the Q comes before the K, and you'll get 10% off at checkout. But before I speak too much, let's get on to the show. What's up, socialites, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am super pumped on this episode, but this one in particular, because today, for the first time, we're actually having a, a two-part series with with Rachel Friend, who was on the podcast uh, last week. Last week, we talked about like an intro to empathy and self-awareness, but this week, we're actually going to tap into her expertise in in dating and relationships. So I'm really pumped about this. Um, you actually spent some time as an online dating consultant, right? I did. I was the love professor. The love professor. I love. I can we bring it back? I, maybe we maybe we should. I just love the handle. First of all, if it's still if it's still around, <laughs> yes. But um, tell us a little bit about like your relationship. You've been married for some time now, um, and you have a family, things like that. Like I think you know, I think the listener would love to learn a little bit about you and like how you know how your relationship is. Absolutely. Um, I've been I've been with my husband. I mean, we've been together a total of twelve years. Um, married for almost seven and we have two kids. My son Jackson is five. My daughter Ryan is three. They're freaking awesome. And yeah, we have a really cool relationship. Anyone who meets us, well, I'll tell you one of the biggest compliments we ever had. You know, sometimes when you are single and uh, you go out with a couple, people always have this fear of, I don't want to be the third wheel. A cool compliment I've gotten from my friends is whenever they come out with Kevin and I, they never feel like a third wheel. They always feel like included. And so we always try to make people feel really comfortable. We're also not like super that that PDA couple. So I'm sure that's probably why it's like we can just have a, you know a good time and enjoy with people as opposed to I'm with a friend who doesn't have anyone here. Let's be all over each other. Self-awareness, by the way, thinking about how other people feel. And so we're both really good at that. I'm actually really grateful for our relationship because he's a we just support each other, and I'm excited that our kids get to to see that too. We have a good relationship. I love like the I love your demeanor when you're talking about it too, because I can tell you're like super proud of it, which makes me happy. The online dating consultant part is kind of interesting to me. You you guys didn't meet online; you used to work together, right? Yeah, we did, and I always get that too when I would do online dating uh, consulting. Is that where you met your husband? I'm like, it wasn't. Um, it's actually what I use. There's a period of time that we weren't together. And that's when I really got acquainted with it. But I found out about it in grad school because there was a bunch of research I had done in a statistics class about divorced and widowed um, women using online dating as a tool to build up their self-esteem, oddly enough. And it was the first time that I'm like, wait, what? It wasn't even about meeting a a potential partner. It was more so about being like wanted, getting that kind of attention. And this was, gosh, it was almost like 10 or 11 years ago that I was in grad school. So, um, and, and online dating has changed so much, you know, Tinder and Bumble weren't around back then. It was, I think, match in any harmony, but and plenty of fish. Oh, plenty of fish. Oh, that is an old school. <laughs> That's, that is one of the OGs. It really is. I yeah. forgot about plenty of fish. Um, but yes, it, it was just how I, how I first came about online dating. I'm like, wait a second. I had always thought of online dating is weird and you don't want to end up in the back of someone's trunk. Like seriously, that those, those taboo or the taboo, the, um, the stigma around it. So it just kind of started my passion for it. And then uh, the more I met people who did it online, the more, and the more I researched into it, I'm like, what a freaking awesome tool. My goal is to change people's perspective on online dating. What if, 
awesome way to meet people. And so um, that's kind of where that journey started. Yeah. And it's interesting too. I mean, the fact, and what I, I, what I find really cool is the fact that you, you're such an expert in communication and this is what you're teaching. So, or teaching people how to communicate better. Um, I mean, that's like the, the staple to a relationship, right? Communication? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. As, as I mentioned last week, you cannot not communicate. So we're always communicating, but are we aware of what we're communicating? Are we aware of that space that we're creating? And so I hope to kind of give people uh, the tools to become better. We all have that tool belt, maybe with a, a couple tools. Some of them are a little run down. So here I am to offer more tools so you can approach situations more effectively, including dating, because relationships are the uh, kind of glue to our lives. You know, we are hardwired to connect. And um, actually, a cool study that was recently done by Harvard uh, talked about one uh, major factor in contributing to people's health and longevity is social integration, right? The way that we interact with others. And we need that face-to-face. We need to really feel connected to people. Um, And it's not me just telling you this is the way that it is. Harvard put out that study that shows that it could actually elongate your life and make you that much happier. And so um, that's what I'm here to promote. And whether that's just through friendships or dating and dating online, I mean, we should constantly be really nurturing our relationships because that's what really brings us joy at the end of the day. 100%. And speaking of dating online, we did get a couple questions from Instagram. So I'm excited to start the conversation with those. The first one is from Erica. And Erica asks, and this was a tough one to come out the gate with, so I apologize. But Erica messaged and she said, why do guys have such a hard time committing? Ooh, that is a really good question. So... First off, when it comes to this idea that guys have a difficult time committing, um, it sadly kind of falls into this stereotype. It sounds like, um, you said Erica, mm-hmm. it might be something that she has experienced where there might be some people who haven't experienced that. Um, in general, though, and I've heard that as well, that guys might have a difficult time committing. And a lot of it has to do with your approach to dating, I'm assuming this is more of a romantic relationship question. So one thing that I think is really big to say and, and, and kind of share right out of the gate, and I mentioned this last week, um, when it comes to our awareness of ourself and kind of the space that we create, um, it, uh, it has to do with how we date as well. And so thinking about what you want from others, right? So I want a committed relationship. I want to meet somebody who wants the same things as me. Um, being aware of those first, so that way you can pay attention to kind of the vibes you're putting out there. Um, and that's because to say that every single person that you meet never wants to commit, um, it's easy to say that it's guys, but you have no control there. So the control lies with your approach and how you're able to kind of navigate dating. So the first thing I would say to Erica and anyone else like her is to ask yourself what it is that you're looking for. And in her case, it sounds like she's looking for something uh, more of a committed relationship. So if you know that you want that, when you first meet someone, this should be something that's discussed early on. And a lot of the times, I think it's important to say... Sometimes we feel weird telling people that we want something serious early on. We think it might like push them away, which if you think about it, logically is kind of strange because if that's what you want, why would you act like you didn't? Um, And so I want to kind of give you a scenario. You say to someone, oh, maybe you're dating or it's the first couple days and you're like, hey, what is it that you're looking for? And maybe someone first responds by saying, I'm not sure. I'm just kind of having fun. Most people would respond to that with, oh, yeah, me too. I'm looking to have fun as well, even if they weren't because they're trying to match that. They don't want to look stupid. But right there, that in that moment, you've created that space, which is technically against what you were hoping to put out there. You actually do want to look for something, yet you're now communicating that, yeah, I'm cool too. And so by setting that up... It shouldn't be a shocker, um, but it is to some people that, that that is now that path. This person thinking, well, great, I'm not looking for anything serious either. And so maybe if we're hoping for that commitment, we haven't put that out there. And so we end up not receiving it back. So being consistent with your intention and being open and owning your choices and, and your wants. In other words, well, you know what? I am looking for something serious. So if that's not what you're looking for, then 
I hope we enjoy tonight, or maybe we can go down that path and opening that conversation up. Um, I know this is kind of a long way to, to share it, but the issue isn't guys and what's out there. It's our approach and how we own it. So I know there's a lot of work to be done there, um, but I think that that's the first step in kind of getting what you want is owning it and communicating it. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's we were kind of talking last on the last episode about it's you know you attract the vibe that you put out you know what i mean but if you are if if you're saying like yeah i'm i'm cool with taking it easy like dude like honestly as a guy it's like okay well i guess i'm just going to take it easy you know what i mean and you never know but the second that you say something like that is already setting the precedent for the dude that like you know I can be casual about this. Absolutely. Yeah. I do want to say something too. You know, that perception that guys don't ever commit um, is going to affect our behavior. Maybe we don't want to come off too strong. Maybe I don't want to seem like that needy person. And, you know, there's this balance here, you know, about realizing again um, that the way that you think and feel is going to affect your actions. And if you don't, um, if you're not aware of that, then it's really easy to pin what you're going through on others instead of realizing, wait, I control again, that vibe and, and, and the space that I create. Um, there's plenty of men out there who want to commit and there's plenty of men out there who want relationships. It's about finding those who do by putting that message out there. And so I think what we struggle with is in those moments when we really want it to work with this one person, but maybe they're not there yet. Um, we're thinking, you know what, let me just tell them that I'm, I'm good with being cool right now. But once they get to know me six months from now, they'll really see me and maybe want me then. And all that's doing is setting you up for uh, disappointment because again, you're almost thinking that I'm going to be something that I'm not right now in hopes that I gain something later as opposed to owning it out the gate. And so what's cool is some guys and some people might actually want something, but they're afraid to say it. And so by you saying that first, like, here's what I'm looking for. You might actually be shocked that someone's like, oh, I I didn't think that you were looking for it. I was just saying that because I thought, but okay, cool, let's continue this. So owning that might actually um, impact someone else. But I mean, not always. I think the bigger deal is just knowing that once you are once you own what you want in a relationship, you can then put that out there. Right. Do you think it would be too much? Like, do you think it'd be too much if, you know, Erica or any other person was on their first date and was just like, hey, um, you know, I'm here with you right now, but just so you know, like, I'm kind of looking for somebody to settle down with. So absolutely not do I think it's too much, okay? Now, there's a little bit more to it. And, you know, when you think about a first date, there's a lot of nerves that come up, but it could be really exciting. And so there's so many different elements to take into account. Um, Back when I used to do uh, online dating consulting, a lot of the times I had to tell people that, listen, I will no doubt give you tools to put your best self out there, but your dates and, and continuing that conversation that's a whole other aspect too. Meeting people is not the problem. It's keeping them around and creating relationships that you actually want, okay? And so on that first date, thinking about what you ultimately want, right? Again, what's your end game out of this uh, first date, out of this relationship? I'm dating because I want to get to know somebody who's going to appreciate me for me and we can kind of go on this path together. And so expressing that in a way, again, not like right when you first sit down, hey, what's your name? Cool. I'm Rachel. This is what I want. But um, really just kind of fusing it into the conversation or, or allowing the conversation to flow. And then when you feel that that right time might come up, um, which usually does come up, what are you what are you hoping for with this? Because here's what I'm hoping for. And being okay with whatever answer you get, because if you don't get the answer that you want, you still know what you want. And maybe this is just one little experience that, okay, cool, at least I found out. Let me go to the next one. But sometimes we stick, we stick there where maybe, maybe we can change it. Maybe, maybe even though this person doesn't want what I want, (laughs) maybe the next second date. And that's where those issues arise. So you need to be okay with whatever response you get in the beginning because you know what you want and you're just trying to find that. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it definitely does make sense. I I mean, I, it's funny. I'm over here like kind of laughing when you're talking about this because I've either had friends talk to me about their situations and how XYZ doesn't want to commit to whatever it was like, well, was that a prelim? Like, 
did you screen the prospect? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Before you ended up like hanging, hanging out with him or her for six months. You know what I mean? And it's typically it's like, well, yeah, no. It's like you you really do have to be clear about that um, up front. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think I don't. And that's the thing is I, I don't think it's a guy, a guy thing, right? But it's. do you think it has anything to do with where someone might be looking for their dates? That's a great question too. Um, I don't know. Again, if I mentioned this, actually, no, I'm, I'm mixing. I, I did a, I did a live uh, last last week on uh, dating, yeah. and I think uh, someone might have mentioned, you know, where do you meet good people nowadays if you can't meet them at a bar, right? Right. <laughs> and so again, this perspective that certain kinds of people are, you know, gather in these places, sure. right? The bigger deal is you have control over what you put out there, and so. You might be a good person who wants to date. Are you going out to uh, bars and having a good time? Probably. So it's safe to say that people are doing the same. It's all about the conversation that you create. So, you know, if you're going out and you're kind of getting, you know, getting a little drunk and having fun and you don't want to come off too serious, uh, that might lead into, all right, we just met at a bar, but it was no big deal versus getting into a conversation with someone or at least, you know, I had fun tonight. We should talk. And then maybe we're in a sober state or in a, um, a state that we can actually understand what we're saying. Let's have this conversation. Um, but it's not so much that there's a right place. It's really that mindset. And so I think you can meet people anywhere but it's all about what you put out there, knowing that if you are some and self-knowledge is really important. So if you know that when you go out and it's the end of the work week and you just want to let loose and have fun, great. But maybe you can't really make solid decisions for your life. You just want to <laughs> enjoy. Great. No, no problem. But if you're going to meet someone, knowing this about yourself before you go out um, might help you uh, not run into those same issues. Why every single time I go out, I always meet these guys but then they never want anything serious and, you know, they don't take me seriously. Right. So just knowing, okay, maybe tonight I actually am kind of going to go out and enjoy. And if I do meet someone, I might not drink that much. Or if I do, let's have this conversation another time. Like just being open and okay with that, um, I think is, is a big deal. So again, no, there's not like a wrong place to meet someone. It's more so just your approach. But if you think that way, if you think that all guys who go to bars, all girls who go into Vegas are these kinds of people, then that's how you're going to experience them. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And actually I did want to point that out too. Like I want to stand up for the guys over here as well. Like <laughs> guys, <laughs> if you're going out and trying to find the love of your life at a bar or club, when everybody's drunk and trying to let loose, it's probably not going to happen that way. Or it might, who knows? But like, I th it's the same thing. It's like, you gotta, you gotta, be in the right mindset. You got to, I don't think it's necessarily the right places. You know what I mean? But it's, you just got to be in the right. I've heard great stories from people who have gotten married off Tinder. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like, it's just about like how you put it out there in your mindset when you're there. But speaking of Tinder and speaking of your online dating uh, uh, consulting, what do you think would be like an effective almost description to have on somebody's dating profile to make sure that they're attracting that right person. Like if I was, you know, if I was on any of these platforms and I saw like looking for a serious relationship only, I might, I don't know if that would be something I would swipe right or left on. Yes. Um, really great question. Description is huge. I'm happy that you said you've, you know, somebody who's found some, you know, love on Tinder. I know a couple of myself. Um, when you understand that each app dating app out there kind of brings a different approach to the table. Um, for example, Tinder is, you know, kind of fast paced and there might not be that much of a description. That doesn't mean that you can't meet someone, but the intention uh, might not be, okay, I'm looking for something serious right off the bat. There are people out there, but you might not get that, that vibe necessarily. Nonetheless, I really think one of the best approaches too is taking advantage of many of the apps. Um, I always recommend match right off the bat if someone is looking for something more serious. And not that you can't find that on Bumble or Tinder. It's just that um, it tailors it a little bit more because people have to spend more time on their um, or, uh, on their about me. And so if they're putting in a little bit more time uh, in that effort, it shows that, okay, I'm looking um, for something. Um, again, not that people on Tinder and, and um, Bumble are not. Uh, those are really easy ways to get people into the door and, and you know, testing things out. Um, but it might be a little bit more difficult to form that meaningful connection early on. 
So the key in these about me's is I always tell my clients, um, I want you to share about what you want. And one mistake people make early on is sharing about what they don't want. They came off of a bad, you know, relationship. I'm not looking for, you know, a girl who's materialistic. And if you're someone who drives this car, like, you know, keep going, whatever it is. Um, and listen, that's okay that you don't want these things. But when you're saying that right out the gate, that negativity, that instant vibe that you're giving someone else is, oh, okay, she looks like she complains or he's so this. That's true. As opposed to you can actually say what you do want, um, which also communicates what you don't want. For example, I'm looking someone for someone who's more down to earth. Could that imply that I'm not looking for somebody who is, you know, materialistic and high maintenance? But you don't need to say it that way. And so it's really just how you communicate that message because people are not meeting you in person. They're reading your profile and attaching it to your image. And so really trying to create that feeling. And online, um, most guys pick up on a couple of things, but humor goes a long way in terms of, of women. So showing that you have a sense of humor is big. Uh, and then... Um, one of the things, too, that people tend to fib about is um, body type and height, um, which I know is strange. Uh, I think understanding that instead of, oh, my gosh, this person said they were six foot, but they were really 5'10", understanding the game and that approach is, is a huge deal. Yeah. But I always tell my, my clients, I'm like, listen, if you, want, if you really want to fine-tune it to all of the guys I'm looking for need to be tall or whatnot, we'll throw a couple inches up there for you just to— to balance that out. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting when I was on these platforms, uh, which was like, you know, I think it was a couple of years ago now, but like the first thing that would be on, on the, on the profile would be if you're under six foot two swipe left mm. and it's just like, okay, mm -hmm. which was everybody, even mm -hmm. if the girl was four eleven, <laughs> <laughs> for, to the listener, I'm five foot six. This, <laughs> it was a tough game. <laughs> Okay, I hear you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there, so there's two, th I mean, do you think that something even like that is like, all right, let's say, hey, I'm looking for a tall guy or I'm looking for a tall girl or whatever it is, like those physical like wants or whatever, do you think that those are necessary or even important to include on a, on a dating profile? Here's the thing. Because you're not meeting someone face to face um, and you have the choice to fine tune things, there's a lot of people who are going to take advantage of that. You know, oh my gosh, I can, I can pick this and the certain ethnicity and oh, the, the money bracket and all this stuff. Um, you know, the good and bad thing about that is, well, one, you can tailor certain things. Let's say somebody is really, their faith is really important to them. They want to meet someone like that. You know, let's say you go out, you might not know what someone is practicing right off the bat. And so online, it kind of almost gives that little, that, that information page. On the other side, because you might be fine tuning, you might be missing out on other opportunities that if you were to meet someone unexpectedly, uh, I don't know, you guys are on a kickball team together, and maybe this person isn't initially your type, but for some reason, every time you guys go to get a drink afterward or a bite, you always get in really cool conversation. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but you almost become uh, interested in someone through getting to know them. Mm -hmm. uh, with online, while it's possible, right off the bat, we're going off of what we see, whether that's, am I feeling this, these person's pictures or are they uh, fulfilling my, my checklist? Okay. Um, I think the bigger deal is, is when you understand what dating or online dating is, it's just this tool to connect you with people. And when you're more open, I always tell people, I'm like, listen, if this is not someone who's anti what you want, if there's anything about their profile that sparks something in you, what do you have to lose? Give it a chance, right? The other thing is, too, is that online dating is not dating online. The goal is to meet in person as soon as possible. This is not, I need a new pen pal online. Let me start talking and sharing <laughs> these things. But rather, okay, cool. We just saw that we're into each other in some way, shape, or form, right? We, I don't know, we thumbed up, we winked at each other a couple times. Yeah. Let's now take this conversation in person. And sometimes uh, people have this approach where it's, oh my God, we've only messaged once. I shouldn't meet them yet. If you were out and you saw someone right there who was like, can I take you for a drink to the bar? You would say yes right then and you just met them. Right. It's because we tend to trust people more face to face. And so realizing that if you are spending too much time online and trying to develop that relationship, um, it might be difficult if you ever do take it face to face because you have these expectations that you built up. The goal is, is to get in person as soon as possible to find out 
cool, we're compatible or we're not. On to the next. What do you think is a good situation for a first date? This is kind of for the guy. All right. This is for the guy asking the girl. I would, I hope that more guys are asking girls on actual dates. I've heard, I've heard some horror stories where like the guys never ask the girl on a date or I'm like, or I'm talking to a girl that's 25 to 30 years to even 30 years old saying, I don't think I've ever been on a real date before. And it really messes with me. I was raised by my mother. So I'm like, I, you know, yeah. Um, but coffee or drinks? Either. So again, um, it's really more so like what works for you and what serves you. Um, some people think coffee and they're just like, oh my gosh, this might not be serious. Some people think drinks and think, oh no, I don't want us to drink on our first date, but some people that might work for. And so I want to, I want to back up and address something that you said first, because I know that it might seem natural to, for a guy to like initiate a date. Um, but just nowadays, I think the bigger deal again is focusing on that end game, right? What do you want? Do you ultimately want to meet someone? Do you want to settle down? Do you want to meet as many people as possible to narrow it down? If that's the case, then how you get there and that approach, um, it shouldn't be, oh my gosh, I can only do it this way. I can only do it this way. I tell, and most of my clients are female um, when it comes to online dating, but telling them that in order to really have success online, you need to be proactive. You need to be the one who initiates. Um, and hey, let's take this conversation and meet in person, okay? And what's shocking is gentlemen who might actually be more forward in person online sometimes are not as forward. Maybe they um, fear rejection. Uh, by the way, men fear rejection more than women when it comes to online dating. So it's interesting because it's, you know, if any women who are listening have tried online dating, I mean, your inbox is bombarded with a bunch of emails, many of which have, are people that you're not interested in. That's why I tell you to be proactive. Look for what you're interested in, and here's what's cool. It's going to be a win-win. You're either not going to hear back, and at least you know this person is not excited for what I'm putting down. No big deal. Or you've put it out there and and they've now come back. And so um, right there, there can be a connection. And so I think it's really important though, I mean, on both ends to be proactive and, you know, put out there uh, what you want. And we can talk about a, a cool little recipe for that in a minute. But for a first date, um, I think it's cool to maybe throw it out there if, uh, and ask yourself what you're comfortable with. I'm comfortable only meeting during the day. So, hey, would you want to meet for coffee or lunch? Um, that might be something that you ask online. Or if you're like, no, I, I'd be down for dinner and drinks. Hey, do you want to meet for uh, dinner and drinks? And then however the other person responds, yes, I'd love to. Or um, how about we just do coffee? Being open for all of those things. And I guess the biggest deal is just communicating um, your needs. And this is going to be in any relationship. You have to be open about what you want. At any point, you stop yourself and you say, oh, no is this too much? Or maybe I shouldn't, I don't want to look like this. You're kind of going against what you're trying to do. And then you open up for finding yourself in situations that you're not really going to be stoked about. So always honor what you're looking for. If someone thinks it's too much, they're not your person. Right. Um, so yeah, that's how I would kind of express or I explain the, the whole first date thing. It's interesting that you are saying you want to meet up as soon as possible. And I actually agree with you. It's just like, cool, we both swiped white for, right for a reason. Like, let's get coffee. Like, nothing's going to ha happen. You know what I mean? Go to Starbucks, whatever it is. You don't have to go to, like, a club and drinks instead. Oh, you no, know, no, put no. yourself in a weird situation. Yeah. But I, you know, I have a lot of friends, both male and female, where that process to meet up for the first time is so much longer. It's like weeks of text messaging and then hopefully getting on a phone call. You know what I mean? You know, some of my, some of my girlfriends, for example, would jump on a phone call within like jump on a phone call as if I'm like working. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> we'll get on a call and, uh, <laughs> within the first couple of days, which I think is great. And then like really request like a, like a, like a Facebook or I'm sorry, like a FaceTime, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But they're still not getting on that first date. I mean, what, you, you still think even with like FaceTime and all this, it's like in-person period? Okay, absolutely. So uh, a couple things too I wanted to mention when it comes to first dates. I would think that yeah, you said you said coffee and drinks. I know you mentioned a club. I doubt anyone's going. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, sometimes though people can't figure things out. Maybe they're out with their friends and they're just like, hey, if you're around tonight, I'm out with my friends. If you want to come meet us out. Yeah. Again, thinking that, oh my gosh, a first date needs to be you and I. 
it could be a number of things, but I will say that the ones to steer away from are anything that might not allow you to get to know each other. For example, like a movie, you know, it's just, oh, hey, uh, we're not going to be able to get to know each other. And so this might be difficult, but any kind of opportunity that you have to be able to talk and meet someone that might be meeting at the dog park, you know, in an open, uh, uh, you know, a, a public place. So again, there's not necessarily like rules. And when you start to impose those, you're then limiting yourself. So I think the bigger deal is what you feel comfortable with. If your end game is to, I really want to create an online um, community of people that I could just reach out to in a huge chat room. We don't ever need to meet. This is how I want to do it. Well, then great. Honor that and continue reaching out and having those conversations. (laughs) But if you are hoping to have a relationship in person with someone, then this is something. And and I'm only saying that because maybe someone is looking for a pen pal, by the way, right? Um, Then you should be meeting as soon as as possible uh, because... You want to know if you have that connection. And and face-to-face, I think we mentioned this last time, that's where you kind of pick up on those nonverbals and you can kind of vibe. Are we vibing? Are we not? Um, the cool thing is, is online, sometimes people feel more comfortable. I can talk on behind a screen. I can really open up about all the things that I care about. On the flip side, if those are not things you're comfortable talking about in person, here you've gone back and forth and share and have shared all of this deep information Then you meet in person. And then if that's not who you are in person... It's almost kind of quiet. And oh, we were talking about all this stuff in person on the phone. I don't know what to say to you now. Um, you should really save that those conversations yeah. for in person. So again, we're going for your end goal here. Let's see if this is going to work. And if you're going to continue talking to somebody and wondering when we're going to meet and whatnot, you've just you're leaving that relationship kind of in that web space. And um, again, unless you're planning on having a relationship that's strictly online, um, I would you know think that it's really important to to meet in person. I was going to say something about red flags because a lot of people deal with this where you're talking to somebody and they say they want to meet up with you, but then you can't like nail down a date. So tonight or Tuesday or what? And then you don't hear from them and then they reach out to you after the actual, oh, I'm so sorry, I was busy. And then you're kind of confused. So one of the biggest uh, things I tell a lot of my clients is to notice those red flags early on, right? If you are hoping to meet someone and you want to narrow it down to people who want to meet you too. So if you put it out there, which is why being proactive is awesome, because you just put that ball, that ball's in your court and you pass it over. And if, if it doesn't come back to you, then, okay, I'm going to take my ball and pass it to someone else. So if I invite you and I say, let's take this conversation to in person and someone says, oh, um, oh I'm not ready yet, which is really rare uh, for someone to say that, especially nowadays. But let's just say they do. You have to ask yourself, do I still want to kind of continue this online or maybe this person isn't looking for what I'm looking for? Cool. On to the next one, right? Wasting your time sitting in, in, in with those people who are not going to be your people is taking away your time for people who are. And so being um, upfront about that. And so another red flag might be somebody who does blow you off instead of thinking, oh my God, but we connected so much online and I really just want to see where this goes. Well, if they're not giving you the time of day, why are you sitting here wasting your time? And so, again, being able to recognize those and say, oh, no, I want someone who's going to respond back and wants to meet me in person soon, too, so we can find out if this is going to go anywhere or not. Yeah. It's like there doesn't need to be this mutual, this chase thing, right? Oh, no. No, not at all. Again, if that's what you're into, um, <laughs> I don't want to settle down. I just want to do chasing because that's super fun. Little kids chase. Adults can chase, too. <laughs> But if you, again, that's why it's really clear or really important to get clear on your intentions. What do I want? Do you want to have a meaningful relationship with someone? Yes. All right, let's take these steps and start uh, getting rid of all this shit that doesn't matter in between, okay? And being able to pick that that up. And um, it's really cool because you start to fine tune it down to, wow, I found somebody who's interested in what I am. And by the way, Mick, you might actually meet someone who, who does meet you in person right away. And things go well for a week or two and everything's great. And all of a sudden, shit changes. You get ghosted. That's the name of the game. But again, I know that we're human beings and we're going to feel, what do you want? Do you want to meet somebody who it's going to work with? Okay, on to the next, right? That's my my theme today, on to the next. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you remember your first date with your husband? I do. What did you guys do? (laughs) Oh, he remembers it really well, too. Um, so we used to work together. We had to keep it really quiet because you weren't really allowed to date um, anyone at work. And he took me to this really cool Mexican restaurant in L.A. because we were living in L.A. What's funny is, um, so I'm pretty sarcastic. I like joking. So does he. 
but back in the day, before I really like even knew myself, because it's like 12 years ago, knew myself and the vibe I put out there, like humor and sarcasm were kind of my like front. Okay. Mm, like it was a defense type of yeah, thing. Yeah, kind of like, like I'm uncomfortable, jokes, jokes, jokes. And I feel like even before my husband, there was different dates I had been on when I was younger and people would sometimes comment like, oh my gosh, you're so funny. Or can you ever like be serious? Is it always about jokes? And I would just brush it off. I'm like, oh, life is all, you know, I didn't realize that there was maybe something I wasn't comfortable with. So I remember early on with my husband and he'll tell anyone this till the day that we die. I not only was joking, but I was almost like putting him down because he wasn't my natural type. But the reason that we connected was because of our like banter back and forth. We love talking shit. <laughs> That's just how we are. And so, and it's actually like what's kind of really kept our marriage and relationship fun for this many years. But <laughs> I remember just sitting there at like, we're just drinking. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so funny. We're on a date. Like, I don't, I don't think I've, I would ever have gone on a date with someone like you. Right. <laughs> the things that I'm saying to him and totally unaware in that moment. But I remember even telling him some jokes because I would love telling jokes back then. And I remember him giving me like these, these uh, non-verbals, like, oh my God, what is she saying? Later on, he told me, he's like, I didn't even think I was going to go on a second date with you. We, we couldn't even have a meaningful conversation, which I know is crazy because I'm all about that now. And that's who he is. But I just had this whole idea. Um, and so I guess the first date was kind of a flop. But what was funny is I think like a week later, um, he asked me out on another one. And I was like, oh, if you were so anti me, what why did you keep asking me on dates? He's like, I had to figure you out. You were just, you were different from um, from the girls I had dated. And that's literally what got us together is that neither of us were each other's types early on. And it's almost like we became each other's types and and that was our only type. But that's what I remember about my first date was I was just sarcastic and joking. I mean, we just didn't even have, we didn't even talk about anything really important. I just was. That's kind of cool though. Satan all It's It's crazy. How, if you guys weren't each other's type, how did you end up getting on the first date in the first place? Yeah. So, um, it's a good question. We, I've always been very forward. Um, and I figured if I'm forward and I put it out there, either someone's going to pick it up and we'll move forward or they're just going to shoot it down. And then I know for sure. Okay. So same with when it came to, when it came to guys, I was never afraid to like hit on guys. Um, I think that it helped. It was made, it made it easier to be rejected. I know that sounds kind of crazy. I'm wondering like why I used to do that, but it was almost like if I put it out there that I'm into you, you're either going to be into me or I'm going to find out right then if you're not, and then I don't have to worry about it. I know a strange approach, but that's what I used to do. So we kind of used to, I had just gotten out of a relationship and we, we would kind of flirt. He was the bartender and I was the server. And so sometimes I would just talk shit. I'm like, where are my drinks? It's been, you know, five minutes. And he was like, you know, slam behind the bar. So those kinds of this banter back and forth um, <laughs> is what, you know, and, and, and he, he met me with that, which I liked. I was like, oh, okay, we're on the same level here. This went on for like a, a month or so. And then one day he, I don't know, he made a comment to me and I and I said, and he's like, you probably, you, you wouldn't know a good drink if you tasted one. Cause I, um, I don't know if you know how sometimes servers and bartenders, like you take a straw yeah. and you could taste it. And I was like, oh, what's this crap? Just joking. He's like, you wouldn't know a good drink if you, if you tasted one. And I was like, well, why don't put, you put your money where your mouth is and ask me on a date and take me out for a drink. And he looked at me, he's like, I was like, yeah. And he goes, fine, leave me your number. It was kind of this thing. And we were on a busy shift. Wow. At the end of the night, I gave him my number. He didn't call me for three days. I didn't work for three days. I was like, this jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and then he totally did. And he's just like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? And that's kind of how it started. But it was all shit talking to start off. We didn't even get into deep conversations until a few months in. So it's just kind of funny that we we made it last. But I think we were both kind of intrigued. I think because we were both not each other's types, it was one of these. We were in that place where we had dated all these different people that didn't work out. And we weren't in the mindset of this is going to go somewhere. It was just super fun. And it kind of turned into something because we kept uh, trying. And then this is super strange. Um, like we dated for four years and then we broke up for two years. Like we were just like, this is not going to work. And we remained friends. Um, but I needed to find myself and get my shit in order. And I remember just one day, it's a long story, but realizing that, oh, my God. This is the guy that I want. I never realized it. And um, we ended up getting back together after a very, uh, a lot of hard work. But, um, and then we got, we got engaged like six months after we got back together and got married. Why did you break up that first time? Mm, we, so we had so many things in common, but we didn't, there was a lot of things that we hadn't dealt with 
on our own, even before we brought into the relationship. And so as our relationship went on, certain things came up, but because we were both unwilling, or I should say unaware of of some of the things that we brought to the relationship, it slowly kind of pulled us apart and we were fighting all the time to the point where, and I, I was just getting my master's at the time. And I remember us and we were living together just this, this one week of, it felt just really weird in the house. Like we were just kind of ghosts passing each other in the night. And so one night we talked and I'm like, something's going on. He's like, I feel it too. And we both, we both got really emotional, but it, it came down to maybe this is not like where we're, where we're meant to be. And it was really tough because we were close with each other's families, but it was a, it was a mutual decision. Um, and we ended up staying together for a few more months because we lived together, but we were still broken up. Um, it was tough. But I, I feel like it was the best decision. Both of us agreed. Like it, it, just, it wasn't one of those things, let's take a break and come back to each other. It was we're not meant for each other. And at that point, we just didn't know what um, it was. And for me, at least, I needed to find out a lot about myself and some of the things that I do in relationships. And after I got my master's, a lot of things kind of came too. And I dated and I did my thing. But I think through that, I ended up realizing what really mattered to me. And I wasn't able to see it when we were in that relationship. So I think it was great that both of us um, wanted to come back to each other. But uh, there was a period where he was ready and I wasn't and then vice versa. And so being able to find the time that both of us actually wanted to make it work was really was really cool. So I feel like lucky because I, I literally couldn't imagine my life with like anyone else. But it's crazy how it kind of went down. And my husband's 13 years older than me. Um, no one would know because he looks like he's the same age as me. He's lucky. But uh, so we had those different mindsets, but it was crazy. We ended up coming back together for the things that we loved about each other, but also appreciating our differences, which before we would rip apart. You're different than me. You're different than me. What's wrong with you? Instead of now, um, that's what compliments uh, each other. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it definitely does make sense. I, I, I love the idea too. Like when you initially broke up, you weren't the right people for each other. Like, but at that time, mm-hmm. but like, but maybe you were kind of a different person from, let's just say, you know, the, when you broke up to two or three years later, when you got back together, mm-hmm. there's a lot of work that can be done there. Right. Oh, Absolutely. Um, I was going to say, too, one of the biggest things for me was realizing um, how in a relationship you really need to be able to, like, sacrifice and compromise. I didn't realize how uncompromising I was. And, you know, I was raised and my parents got divorced at a young age and I'm very close with both of them. My mom raised a single mom. Just uh, she's a boss, you know, Um, and I think that I I ended up finding out through various seminars and really just a lot of self-work that I almost had this idea that like I was okay on my own. And um, to also any women who might feel this way, when you're in a relationship, of course it's important to um, independently have your own thoughts, not be codependent. But when you're in a relationship, it's because you guys bring something to the table. And so if one person is like, I don't need you, and that's what's coming out, oh, I could do do all of this by myself, um, it almost makes the other person feel like, well, why are you with me in the first place? Which is how it was. It was almost like, Oh, if something if something went south, I'm like, I don't need this relationship instead of trying to work through it. And so I realized that that mentality was what um, really caused a lot of our uh, turmoil because he was always someone who wanted to work together. Um, I, I should say that I did most of the work. I had to find out a lot of things um, for myself, but then uh, realizing when I came to that place that it was weird. It was almost like I had a void there, but I didn't realize it. Um, until, gosh, a couple of years later. And then it was like clear as day. I was on New Year's that I thought, oh my gosh, all I could see was like him and all of the things that I, how, how selfish and manipulative I had been being. Um, and I didn't realize it. And I think the thought of uh, not having him again made me sad. But I do remember just wanting to actually share and take responsibility for everything. And when I ended up doing that, which is something I would never do, I'd never admit when I'm wrong because I'm always in control and I was independent. But I realized that that's what I wanted to just share all of this stuff with him. I just wanted to get it off my chest. And um, it wasn't like for until like a month later that he actually called me, which was crazy. He totally like left me waiting for a while. Um, but it was almost like I, I we just have a, a way better relationship now. And um, by the way, we always knew we wanted to have kids even before we broke up. We never really talked about marriage. But I, when we got back together, it wasn't soon after that we got married that we're like, Let's pump out these babies. Let's pump out these babies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he and he's an amazing father too. But like I, you know, 
I'm not afraid to say either, like to toot our own horn that like we make a great team, but I think it because of what we went through and how we can appreciate all those differences in each other, we're able to now give that to our children. Yeah, that's awesome. This kind of leads me to the next question, which was from Carol. Um, you know, you've been in your relationship for a while and let's say these first dates, they go really well, but then something kind of like, you know, over time, maybe you're growing apart or you're finding more out you're finding more out, finding out more. Mm-hmm. That that's how you that's how you talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finding out more about the other person, you're having communications issues. Okay. Um, Carol actually asked for like a step by step. How can you help? How can you make somebody communicate more effectively? This is assuming that she's an excellent communicator. Not to call you out, Carol, but it's like, you know, this is to this is assuming that she's an excellent communicator and she no, needs no work herself. Like, how do you bring that out in somebody else? Yeah. So you said something specifically, um, whether it's your words or Carol. Like, how do you make someone be a better communicator? I mean, you can't make anybody do anything. Sure, you can hold a gun to their head and force them to, but that's not the kind of relationship we want. So um, the most powerful thing you can do is be that example of what you want, one. But two, assuming this is a relationship that you're still in and things change, being able to um, meta-communicate, which is talk about communication. In other words, communicate about communication, having that uh, sit down where you see somebody else's view and where they're at. Um, You know, I've been feeling that we're drifting apart lately. Um, Have you been feeling that? Or where do you think we're at in our relationship? Um, How do you see where we've gone and and whatnot? And being able to hear someone else's perspective on what you're going through, um, one, it might match where you're at. For example, when my uh, when Kevin and I uh, we broke up that first time, we were on that same page that we could sh- tell that there was this shift. Um, but sometimes people don't have those conversations; they just kind of react to what's been going on. So you need to communicate about what you're not communicating about. So asking those questions, and again, it's called uh, meta communication, and being able to sit down with this person and say, you know, how do you feel about where we're at right now? And these are powerful, even if your relationships are going great, to kind of check in with each other. Hey, how is everything going? Um, How are you feeling? Um, Is there, and and, and once these conversations uh, go a little bit deeper, to be able to ask, what do you need from me? So inviting the other person to give you feedback. And so someone else might say, you know what, I feel like you're kind of on your own page, or I feel like you don't listen to me that much. They might not say it that way. They might say, you don't listen. You're not here. Uh, We can't assume that everyone's going to use those I statements because it's something that we need to learn. But if you care about this relationship, again, going back to that whole your end game, what do you want? Do you want to salvage this relationship? Do you want things to work with you and this person? If so, then I would hope that you'd want to take those steps to kind of attempt to repair it. There's always two people. So if both people don't want to put the effort in, that's tough. But that would be my first tip in this step-by-step process where sitting down and having that conversation and not, one, expressing how you feel, but then inviting the other person to share. Um, Sometimes we express how we feel and then we just wait and we're thinking that someone should respond to us. Um, But we don't know where their headspace is at. So really set them up, almost like this interview here, right? Uh, You don't want it to be an interview, but tell me what you're feeling. Do you feel like we're in a good place right now? And sometimes you might be shocked that someone does feel like you're in a good place And you're like, wait a second, I'm thinking we're struggling. You're thinking in a good place. All right, what is it that I'm missing here? And then hopefully you guys can both share what you might need from the other person. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but I feel like you said you read the five love languages. Um, so understanding that people communicate their needs differently. And so sometimes that's why we, we miss these connections. I'm here trying to call you and make dinner for you. You're not showing up, but then you're buying me gifts. I, I almost feel like we're missing each other and, and are we communicating our needs? And the only way to find out about that is to actually sit down and talk about it. So, um, and then you're, it's going to be telling either one, someone might feel like, oh yeah, I've I kind of been feeling like nothing's working and maybe we shouldn't continue or both of you are willing to make the effort. Um, but again, you're going to have to, whoever is the one feeling this um, is going to have to initiate that. Uh, sometimes people just go years and years without really talking and they kind of, and I get it because if you don't know how to approach it effectively, what else are you going to do? How do we approach that effectively? Because I'll tell you what, whenever I used to get text messages from my ex-girlfriends that were like, we need to talk, I'd be like, fuck, Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? And like avoid it. I'm already on the defense. Like what's the best way to do something like that? So a great question. Um, when you become more skilled in interpersonal communication, you really look at the relational aspect of relationships. In other words, you know, um, how do I want to feel? How do I want this other person to feel? And one, you're going to have to get clear on your needs first. Um, and then second, kind of approach that with others. And so I mentioned something before, uh, using I statements. Okay. It's a, it's a huge tool, um, because I statements allow you to own your language and your feelings. Instead of telling someone, you make me feel like I'm not good enough, right? Putting the blame on someone else, uh, you take responsibility. I feel, uh, I feel like I'm not uh, who you want me to be um, because every time I share something with you, you kind of dismiss it. Um, I just, I really want to get to the bottom of this. When the I, I, I comes out, you're owning it and allowing the other person to kind of share instead of, you never call me back and you're doing this, you automatically pose as blame. So starting with those I statements is huge. And then if you get, when you were saying receiving the I need to talk for anyone who's listening, knowing that, again, not everyone might know how to approach something effectively. So if someone's saying that, they obviously want to talk to you. Be aware of where your head goes, though. It sounds like for you and tell me, um, you know, oh, my gosh, I need to talk. Is this going to be something bad? Are we going to have to you know, do something long and drawn out? What did it mean to you when you saw that text message? It meant to me that I was in trouble for something. Okay. Okay. That <laughs> makes was, sense. By the way, it was never, I need to talk. It was, we, we need, need to, to talk. talk. Okay. Which like, for whatever reason, the weight was a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You think back in those, yeah, the days when you're in school and the principal like knocks on the door and, um, Mikhail, we need to talk. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I get that. But it's really huge going back to self-awareness, asking yourself, why is it that these words ignite this in me? What, you know, and so, and is that fair then to respond to somebody who's trying to reach out to you? And so again, if any of you who are in a situation where somebody is saying things to you and you're like, oh, I hate when they say this, really trying to ask yourself, what is it that bothers you about that? And you just shared, it makes me feel like I'm in trouble, right? So that, it might be this person is upset about something, but uh, maybe a response would be like, okay, um, let's talk or uh, what's this about? And if they're like, oh, I want to do it in person. Again, if this is a relationship that you want to be in, I'm hoping that you're willing to put the effort in um, versus, you know, some stranger or an acquaintance who's like, hey, man, we need to talk. In which case you'd probably take it as, oh, yeah, what's up? What do you want to talk about? But because it's in your relationship, you, you take it differently. So um, really asking this person where or what it is that they're feeling, sharing what you feel and not here's what I think you're feeling, but rather asking them. So you're not assuming that they're feeling a way, a certain way, allowing them to respond back to you. I don't know if that answered your question. I don't remember what it was because I was just like flashing back to all these times that I was actually in trouble. With. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're thinking that way. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, it's funny even now with, you know, with Alexa, I, I think we have a great relationship, but I think she dropped that one time. It's like, we need to talk. And I was like, that this is a, I have rules. I'm just like, this is against the rules. Oh, I see. <laughs> because like, if I'm at work, you're at work and you're like, we need to talk. Like, there's no way that we can actually do this as a guy. And I, and, and I don't, not just guys, like people in general, for me as an individual, when I hear that there's a problem, I immediately want to fix it mm -hmm. somehow, you know, or if you say that you want to talk, I immediately want to do that. So I personally believe that it's pretty close to unfair to say something like that if that other person wants to fix it immediately and it's like impossible to do that because it okay. festers. You start like creating these scenarios that don't even exist. And then like you show up to that conversation upset. So I hear that. Um, you said something like it's unfair. So realizing too that one thing that we have control over, well, we have a control over a lot, but is how we react to things. So you did mention something that I think is really cool. Like, so like, you know, you and your girlfriend, you have that established relationship when she says we need to talk. Uh, maybe the first time, if you find that it strikes something in you, it's important to be aware because her intention might be, we need to talk about this, um, where your response to that is, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble and I don't, whenever you say this, I'm at work, here's what I think. Um, you can communicate that to her. Like you're saying, oh, this is against the rules. Okay, can we find a different way? You know, Alexa, when when you say this to me, can we maybe like, oh, hey, when you get a chance, give me a call. Um, something that works for both of you. So that way you can express that instead of imposing um, your perception of this phrase, we need to talk on her, right? It's almost like assuming that she should know that you are, get upset with this. Fair. Um, and so, and we do that all the time, right? Sure. So uh, I think it's really important, again, to communicate your needs, which 
you would think would be an obvious thing, but as we are talking about now, it's not because a lot of us don't know how to effectively do it. Telling somebody, okay, when you don't call me back or when you don't text me back after I say, uh, did you get home safe? I freak out and I start to think these things. Is there any way, like, if I, can I text you and, you know, you give me an emoji back? Something like that. Instead of being upset at somebody for not uh, messaging you back, you're almost taking responsibility for your feelings and then communicating that and maybe finding uh, a better way. But still, let's say someone doesn't change and they don't have to because your reaction is what you have control over. Realizing that when that feeling comes up, when you receive that text, we need to talk. Hold on a second. My, I'm going to try to con stop my mind from going these places. And I'm either going to respond back. Is everything okay right now? Can I call you after work? Oh, yeah, yeah. No problem. Just want to talk to you about the cable. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But, but it's up to you to respond instead of just pulling all of these assumptions from it and then sitting there at work. Oh my God, what is she? Oh my, did she find this? I don't even know. Right. That's on you. That's yeah, not on her. All right, she did right. was send something to you. So, uh, yeah, I, that's how to be more effective is to kind of respond back, check, ask that question. It's called perception checking, by the way, you check your perception, what you're thinking with the perception of someone else. What is that called again? Perception checking. Perception checking. Yeah. It's something I just covered in my workshop, uh, last night, it's one way to be more accurate in your perceptions of others. Because again, when it comes to our perception, we all have our own view. My perception is not your perception. So how do I um, get what it is that you're thinking? Well, shit, I got to ask you. Because I don't know if you've, you know, you've ever heard the saying, assuming, um, assuming simply makes an ass out of you and me. So asking that question, hey, is everything okay? Yeah, why? Because when you said we need to talk, I all of a sudden thought there was an issue. Oh, no, I was simply saying that because I wanted to talk to you about the cable guy. Okay, but you're opening up that conversation by communicating and uh, checking your perception. And then that's such an awesome like response to that. And I actually ended up responding to something like that. And it was something silly, like about <laughs> the fact that we want to get like a French terrier or French bulldog or something. It's not going to happen. Oh, shit. okay. <laughs> uh oh, does she know that? <laughs> no, we've talked about this extensively, but yeah, I like that response though. It's like, that's a good takeaway for like any of the guys or girls listening. It's like, seems like something is, uh, there might be an issue. Can we talk right now? Like da 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 da, as opposed to like, you know, harboring all of that, those oh. feelings. I know I'm not the only one that feels this way about that particular question. Not at all. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's why I'm happy you asked it. But again, you asked me this question, how to be more effective. How do you know how to communicate? Well, let me tell you too, even though, again, we're always communicating, you're not supposed to know unless it was taught to you, right? right? So, so anyone who's thinking, oh my gosh, this could have saved me this way of thinking, like you're not alone. So if you don't seek this information out or it wasn't taught to you, you're going to feel like this. The goal here is, and, and what I do is not only allow sharing interpersonal communication tips to not only help you connect with yourself more, but to help you connect with others more. And asking questions is completely normal, but sometimes we don't for a number of reasons, um, whether we're busy, but sometimes we don't want to look stupid. We want to just think that we know what's going on. I mean, think about in class or in a group setting when you're afraid to ask a question, but you don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Common sense would be like, if I don't know what's going on, let me ask a question. Yeah. But that perception, that view of what am I going to look like if I do ask this question? Right. So it's so important to, to clarify, and I'm glad that you do. Uh, but same with dating. You know, if someone doesn't get back to you, hey, is everything okay? I haven't heard from you. Oh, yeah, I've just been busy at work. Or maybe you don't hear from them at all, and you legit got ghosted. But either way, that doesn't stop you from asking that question. Right. I like it. Man, you shared so much good information with us again today. Oh, my gosh. We should just... Maybe we should just do a completely different podcast on things that we can talk about because I love all of it. I think that I think that relationships and communication are like obviously incredibly important, but there's so many different nuances and situations where I think you're adding a lot of value to the listener now. Um, where you know if they want to get in touch with you, if the listener wants to get in touch with you, where can they find you? My uh, website is uh, www.itsrachelfriend.com. Links to all of my uh, social media are on there. My Instagram is really the one thing that I update. So my newest workshops, my newest IG videos, all of that stuff. And it's the same handle. It's Rachel Friend. And I just love sharing this stuff. So I appreciate you having me. Yeah. It's it's fun for me too. Like these are the, you know, these are the things that I actually want to talk about and not the top 10 ways to grow your Instagram account. 
That matters to some people. It does matter to some people. The information's out there. <laughs> we produced a lot of it. Um, Rachel, thank you so much again. I mean, eventually we're going to have to have you back again because I know that we wanted to potentially touch on the parenting stuff today. I, I decided, you know, let's focus on the on the uh, relationship aspect of it and keep it like, you know, keep it focused. Absolutely. I said focused more than once. It's yeah, fine. That's okay. Uh, to the listener, we really appreciate your time. If you enjoyed the episode, we would love one of those five-star reviews. And if you didn't like it that much, feel free to stick it to us with a five-star review anyway, because it's the nice thing to do. Um, but be sure to subscribe because we're going to have a lot of incredible people just like Rachel back on the show. Thanks again. Yeah.